morning, Michael Wizards of the World. We have come to the last of the East Coast interviews that we did when Daniel and I took a rip down fucking south. We stopped at KSS. We stopped at uh, <clears throat> Fox Farm and Forge. We cruised on down and visited with Joe and Tampa at Cactus Hat. Swung over to Mushroom Maggie's, hanging out with Maggie and Cyrus. And then we ended with the one and only Eric Pearson of Sun and Sky. Sun and Sky is this crazy hodgepodge of a fucking spot. I love it. It's in the fucking woods. Um, where I forget the name of the town. It's like Palm City or Palm Coast, uh, Florida. Um, it's a killer, cool, like backwoodsy area. And, uh, Eric is like, I, Eric and I started talking maybe 2020, something like that. I think he reached out via like, uh, I don't know, Facebook or something and, uh, wanted masters or pellets or something. And, uh, I know he had been chatting with Brad Coons and a bunch of these other, you know, CMGN folks. And, uh, I think we went back and forth maybe on Instagram as well, but it's funny to know these people in like a very you know, digital sense. And then you're in their neck of the woods and you're like, dude, we want to come film. And uh, (laughs) I think we might've caught Eric off guard because, you know, he wants to build out this other area. And uh, his setup is definitely like a mixture of containers and uh, refrigerated storage. And it's oddly like efficient for the precise like uh, location and setup and like not to talk shit on it at all it's literally like optimal container sort of growing cultivating um, incubation as well as uh, fruiting and uh, fresh mushroom storage so this is like a true container farm in the center or you know i should say mid-center south of florida and uh he's done a good job just sort of like keeping at his size and scale that he wants to be at uh eric's a super smart dude he's got the like surfer personality (laughs) don't hate me for this dude but you're just a mellow fucking cat i I appreciate it um he's got a, a pretty gnarly employee who uh partakes in this interview at one point or another kind of comes back and forth and uh it's good you know i think these sort of interviews especially ones in film um represent like the chaos of mushroom farming you can't always just sit down at your environment and like have a deep detailed discussion on like you know (laughs) the ins and outs of cultivation or whatever without interruptions and, and without having to change on a dime and uh either way i was stoked to see uh what eric is up to and uh where they're kind of headed um he took me over to this place that they're looking at buying and possibly putting a building up at and uh it was rad man daniel and i departed uh or parted ways after that he was on a motorcycle acting a fool all the way up and uh having fun while i was in our smelly ass fucking van we'd been stashed in in the humid hot pennsylvania to florida to louisiana back to florida weather (laughs) that shit sucks by the way don't sleep in your van in the middle of summer in florida um i think joe cagsat knows something about that or at least one of his employees does (laughs) take a break go north man um anyways 
yeah, this is uh, this is a fun sit down, and uh, you know, it's a pretty beautiful day and beautiful place to film. And uh, I'm stoked to see what Eric does with it. Um, if you don't know him, check him out. If you're down in Florida and you're in that region, man, go find some mushrooms from the dude. I think they do, you know, a few hundred pounds a week, maybe a couple hundred pounds a week. Um, lion's mane oyster, you know, all that stuff. Florida and the fucking lion's mane, man. I don't know what it is about Florida, but <laughs> I really love their vegans and their their lion's mane. So <laughs> he has got something going on down there. <clears throat> All right, if you like this podcast and you want to support it, head on over to mycowizards.com. It's the only way to really support and keep this podcast on the road. We got our $5 a month sort of membership. Uh, just It's a support token. It keeps us going, puts gas in the tank, and lets uh, Mike make animations. Daniel do a bunch of filming and... I get to bring these stories from farms back to Myco Wizards and share them with y'all. So really, we could not do this without you guys. And uh, <clears throat> I appreciate um, you guys keeping it on the road. Um, let's see. Uh, $12.99 a month basically gets you access to all of the content we put out weekly. Uh, from deep dives to story times to... Um, Fino flicks to these video podcasts. If you're listening to this right now and you're on Spotify, if you're on Stitcher, if you're on iTunes, head over to MicahWizards.com if you want to see these farms in the flesh. In the flesh? <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, it's crazy how affordable cameras are these days and uh, how stoked people are to kind of have their stuff archived and documented. And uh, we feel very fortunate to be able to bring this stuff to y'all. Uh, we're also doing giveaways, man. We're giving these fucking dope nomad light flow hoods away. Um, they're these tiny little like suitcase, half a suitcase size, medicine bag size, briefcase size, whatever flow hoods. So you can do culture work in your room. You can do it in your office. You can do it on a plane. You can do it in a train station. You can, it sounds like a fucking condom ad. I don't know, but <laughs> I really love these uh, these flow hoods and like who doesn't want to fuck around with cultures? So if you're part of our culture of the month club, if you're part of our deep dives, you're automatically entered to win. All you got to do is be part of it and we'll draw a winner on these monthly podcasts um, and uh, you'll get to be playing with flow hood goodness. Okay, without further ado, I will shut up. And I hope you enjoy this interview with Eric Pearson of Sun and Sky Mushrooms of the Mighty Florida Lands. Alright, see you again in a month, y'all. Cheers. Or travel and visit a bunch of mushroom farms. Right. <laughs> no, I love that. Traveling is hard. Traveling, I don't know. You visit all kinds of sizes of farms and stuff, but yeah. for here, like it's always been me and like one main other worker that, you know, at this point, Nick um, basically runs all the day-to-day stuff and I come in and I'm like essentially like an uber for mushrooms you know i'm like talking to chefs to be like all right what's going on here anything on fire nope all right I'm gonna see you later that's interesting <laughs> so which is cool but i still very like attached here like we're gonna go out of town up to philly to visit my wife's family yeah next week and traveling is always hard because i'm like oh, crap all right yeah what like needs to be in order before it. i go and mostly the ordering because i'm i'm the 
primary contact for all of it. I haven't figured out a way of like offloading that job, so it's all like dude, it, there's no way to offload. Yeah. It's just brutal, man. Yeah. It's like people call me for substrate all the time, and I'm finally now, whatever, ten years later, able to be like, dude, I, if I took your order, you'd be really upset. Yeah, you want 161 shiitakes? Sure, I don't know. Does that work? I fuck it. I don't know, man. <laughs> we could probably make it happen. Yeah. yeah. See, and then like my whole crew would be like, "You're ridiculously slow, aren't you?" And I'd yep. be like, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only put 140. All right. <laughs> yeah. It complicates it when you start to like, yeah, have family and then develop this like concept of whatever you want your business to be. Yeah. And I think that's like a lot of farmers are at that moment right now who've been doing it a while and like running at this like interesting pace where it's sustainable growth and like they can they remember what it was like i'm sure like you do when you first started versus right now yeah but then the pie in the sky is just like it's not unattainable it's like almost not as attractive yeah yeah absolutely i think that's a good force for sure because yeah, I mean, everyone's got their own reasons for getting into it, but, yeah, you know, like, anyone that's trying to start a farm now, it's like, all right, first you need to figure out what do you want this to be, because if it's just like, I'm excited about mushrooms, like, you know, you don't know where that's going to take me, you know, and I think over time, like, I'm interested in the idea of, like, the engineering sort of aspects of creating some bigger project or whatever, but, like, that's just never been my, my goal, you know, like, I, yeah, I, you know, I just enjoy doing it, like, I'm pretty small. I don't really plan on getting that much bigger, you know, maybe a little bit, but like, yeah, you know, I just, I like having the, you know, flexibility and doing something interesting and, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it holds people's interest, like you're saying, in terms of a, like, a captivation. It's all types. Like, the most intelligent and the, the least intelligent are like, they clamor to this thing in, in a really refined in similar way where they yeah. just cannot let it go you know mm-hmm. and you're like wow it's okay to step back sometimes and like just focus on one part of this whole industry right but it's hard I mean, it's hard for us to let go of the fruiting thing initially and then we we're like wow we have no business fruiting anything anymore like, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy you know probably a relief man fruiting is like the hardest <laughs> the hardest part like yeah. having that mushroom and having whatever seven days to get rid of it you know it's like <laughs> yeah little time bombs you know yeah, yeah man and i think the people who articulate that struggle the best are the ones you figured out the most like i can like eric from new hampshire is so funny he's like i've got exactly 14 days for these king oysters or whatever he's like he's got a shelf life figured out based mm-hmm. on his cooler temps and what time of year it is yeah like wow i don't think about any of that (laughs) (laughs) i don't either i'm just like ah crap some of these were picked late i gotta get them out earlier you know whatever it's just as as it goes but yeah yeah that's true man how did this all start how is this whole thing yeah so um i went to school for engineering 2004 to 2009 graduated 2009 was a big recession year i was kind of done with school anyways and uh I think I interviewed for maybe like one or two jobs, like typical mechanical engineering jobs where you go in an office and look at like plans of some kind, you know, yeah. and I walked into an office and I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, we, I just took a couple of years to kind of hang out. Me and my wife, um, bought a foreclosed house here in the Jack's beach area. Not really to like flip it you know not trying to make money but it was just like a project for us to work on and yeah i've always enjoyed working with my hands and fixing stuff so it was fun to learn about you know fixing a house um yeah and then you know somewhere around that time i started to be like what do i actually want to do with my life 
which is, it's just funny looking back and I'm like, they should really talk to kids about this before they go to college, you know, instead nah, of like dude, after they're already it's done. It's a money making yeah. adventure, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, what do I really want? You know? And like, I've always been kind of a minimalist, you know, I was raised by like two very hippie type personalities, you know, the beach, Jack's Beaches area, like. You were raised in Jack's Beach area. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. And it's very like has changed a lot you know especially recent years where it's just like people will move in from out of town for a couple of years and they can afford like a eight hundred thousand dollar house at the beaches but they would never actually go to the beach you know and it's so it's yeah. like you know it's like regentrification with the higher class people coming in but the beaches areas like historically has been like way back in the day it was like the poor area you know and like yeah. the people out here they just want to like hang out and enjoy life and go to the beach you know yeah so uh <clears throat> yeah but i was raised here um you know and my very sort of like minimalist background i was like what do i actually like you know i'm like i like eating i like food okay so i like started to look into the idea of farming and like like the idea you know one of the things about like an office life that was kind of like rubbing me the wrong way was the idea of like spending 80 percent of my waking life in a building somewhere you know and i'm like i like Just the idea like processed air <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like i like the idea of being outside and i'm like how about farming you know which is even at the time, like, there's a lot of, like, just urban farming, like, you know, making a small farm, like, in your yard or whatever. The hydroponic like, thing is probably exploding. Yeah, that was exploding. I remember I, like, experimented with a few, like, hydroponic buckets, like, just doing lettuce and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, let's see, 2013, our first child was born, and I was working at a coffee shop, and I was, like, you know, enjoying this, just low. Yeah. stress just hanging out at a coffee shop you know but i'm like all right i got to figure something out more than the coffee shop and uh so i was revisiting farms and i just i don't know somewhere stumbled across like a mushroom farm article or something it might have even been on the shroomery if they had like a news section or i don't know yeah was, well they started to crop up around 2013 and you'd see these people and i remember reading about them and they're probably none of them in business anymore but you were like oh man this must be huge and yeah. they were like in their fucking basement you know? yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah so you know i just kind of ran across it and then that started the whole process where it's like mushroom farming what's that you know like appealing to all my senses of like you know cfms and gallons per minute and, you know all the design variables and stuff involved so <laughs> it fit the fit the curve it fit yeah. it yeah it's funny too because i remember looking i think it was on shroomery i don't know lots of places but i remember just reading all these stories like you were talking about there's like these random html documents like how to make money growing mushrooms way back yeah. in the day you know and yeah. uh, they never really had a great answer for it you know it's like them rambling on about like i don't know if you can actually make money with this actually yeah. that's how the article ends <laughs> it's not too dissimilar from most like mushroom based articles now which are hilarious i, was, yeah. I just found one in mushroom mushroom business i think yeah and uh there i forget what the article was about entirely but it was just something to do with mycogon or um uh, know. you know this sort of stuff and it was just basically like we don't know what it is we mm -hmm. never gonna know what it is and we <laughs> yeah. just wrote a whole article about how we don't know what it is yeah it's fucking and everyone's like sweet mycogon how do i fix all right yeah yeah i got nowhere <laughs> no, yeah nothing man it's stroma now by the way we yeah. just figured out a new term for it so Wet bubble mycogon i remember those days man i remember taking pictures of me and like why do i have mycogon yeah, like, oh it's the worst I'm like it's like trichoderma hey the man is here yeah what's up man good how are you dude I'm Eric, by the way. I'm Nick. Nice yeah. to meet you, Nick. Yeah, we got two Eric's here, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> got a real setup here, man. Got a real setup. 
sick. Yeah. It's kind of fun, yeah. Man, it was immediately like, I'm already interested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I was like, I, Nick needs to meet Eric for sure. Yeah, we yeah, travel yeah. in style. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks, dude. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. I mean, we can pull up a motorcycle if you want to sit here. Yeah, it's <laughs> entirely up to you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be in this third shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how, how did you guys meet? What was the whole uh, thing there? Not through uh, like one of the markets I was going to. Okay. There's a guy that was going up there and he was friends with Mark. I think that's how. Right? Yeah. One of my friends was pretty much just growing mushrooms and kept posting pictures of it on Instagram. Yeah. And I just asked him how he was doing that. I've always been interested in mushrooms. <laughs> he showed me his page and it was just like, if you're interested, I'll reach out to him. No shit. Got his number and then a month later just quit my restaurant job and started working here. Fuck yeah, dude. It's almost two right. years now. Yeah, I know, man. Two years. What a trip, man. I'm it's like, fun. it's been too many years. <laughs> <laughs> too many two-year segments at yeah. this point. <laughs> Are you from Jack's Beach area? Yeah, I've grown up uh, yeah. about 30 minutes away from here. It's just yeah. over in Mayport. Which oh, is sick, Just dude. a little bit past Atlantic Beach, Jacksonville Beach area. Sure, sure. It's a good time, though. That's sick, dude. Do a bunch of foraging around here. and Yeah. Every time I travel, I just go find more mushrooms. What do you forage for around here? What's the Chantrells, Lion's Mane. There's some places for oyster mushrooms, but yeah. mostly just to identify stuff at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not like too many spots around here close to the beach just because of the salty air for the yeah, mushrooms dude. to grow like that. It's a different I sort of found climate. like macrocyte titans. Really? Yeah, I found a couple of those around here. Oh shit. We were just talking about morels growing off tree roots in fucking Alabama. Like yeah, it's one the weirdest so shit. Bad. They're out there, dude. I don't know. Has anybody found them in uh, in this area? Probably I've not. heard it's like the Tallahassee area because yeah. I think Tallahassee has like some elevation going on. And but I don't it know. It's might, just a right. That whole Panhandle is kind of this trippy area because yeah. there's swamp like on either side of it. But it's sort of it does rise high there. Yeah, it's a different sort of world. Very raised up a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, that's very cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you like most about this crazy farm side <clears throat> of things? Working with mushrooms, dude. Just working with mushrooms. Get outside of nature and work with mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. It's always been like, I mean, it's something I've done for like the past six years before I had yeah. met him. Yeah. And yeah. foraging for mushrooms and everything like that. And I've always told myself it's something I want to do. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as I found out that this is what it was, I was like, all right. <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's a funny combo between like technology and like mm -hmm. uh, just really pippy dippy grow shit. You know? <laughs> it kind of like feeds multiple senses, you yeah. know? Yeah. A lot of learning things that come with it, and you learn new things about mushrooms every fucking time, which is awesome. Yeah, that's Very true, cool. dude. It's true. Yeah, it's always fun. Every time I'm like, oh man, these pins look so good. It's exciting every time still, you know? Like, yeah. Nice, yeah. I like it. Every Time you see yeah. a good cluster, you just it's just exciting. Yeah. Oh, dude, and it's so hard when stuff starts going wrong, but it does. It pulls you in even more because you just want to see the pins again. Mm -hmm. You're like, fuck you, botch or whatever it is, yeah. you know? Yeah. It just struggles like the key component to like yeah. why people march ahead with it. I joke like how many times I give my business partner an out. I'm like, you want to go now? He's <laughs> like, no, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm in. I'm so totally still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so true, man. It's so true. It can, it can be hectic. Yeah. Yeah, mushrooms isn't the easiest thing in the world, but <clears throat> no, no. Once you not. get the hang of it, it's the funnest thing you can possibly do. Yeah. Like just yeah. working with your hands and actually seeing what you can grow is just the coolest thing. Oh, it's wild, man. It's wild, and I think the species are becoming more and more interesting. Like there's. Uh, 
I think every other day somebody posts a photo or a video of some like farm in the Far East and they're like, who has this culture? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go try and find it now. <laughs> Whatever it is. Really starting to get down and cultivating morels, which is oh yeah, hard to do from what yeah. I've seen. But people are starting to get it down really good. Oh, the morel project's a wild one. I haven't like, checked in in a while. Where is it at? Are people actually they're doing it. growing it? Or <clears throat> still like yeah. you need a lot of land to actually do it? Or you need like, a lot of land. Yeah. It's it's so much of this like timing component, but also the outdoor side. Yeah. You're really trying to like, all they're doing is basically, you know, uh, uh, copying nature at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody's gotten away from the, is that guy's name Gary Mills who mm. had the patent that Domino's bought? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there's that's so the tray thing is gone. You know, mm. people are like not willing and able and interested to get yeah. down that fucking path now. Right. <laughs> so. I'm like, yeah, I don't, maybe people will figure out a process kind of like this, but it's like, I just, I feel like since I've started, yeah. I've just heard more and more like, we've got this morale project going on. I'm like, clearly hasn't actually worked yet <laughs> right because it's still a project yeah. well, i think that's the fun part man yeah. and it's it's interesting you have a lot of like uh you have a lot of places like even kenneth square where we were at where you know kss doing gourmets is not a problem but we uh he's like dude everybody here growing buttons on a smaller scale can't grow buttons right now <clears throat> and i comment somebody's like man i really want to grow a garricus on one of those mushroom forums just recently and I was like, there's a place that sells, like, stage three compost. Mm. You just kind of case it and go. Yeah. And they reached out to him. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're not doing that until the, the fall. And I was like, you want to know why? I was like, it's funny to, like, have this inside info. But the big giants and the small guys have the same fucking issues, you know. Yeah. So no matter what it is, Morels or Agaricus, it's always a project. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, there's a couple, there was this one book that I was reading about people um, starting to cultivate truffles. And yeah. Trying to. Yeah. And like logs and everything, but it takes a couple of years. And it takes a long time. And if time. you sell logs that are inoculated with truffles, you're just making money off of that. You're just selling logs. <laughs> you're selling logs. <laughs> you're selling logs. Fancy logs. Yeah. Fancy logs. <laughs> <laughs> you got some moldy logs for you. <laughs> That's how I like felt about the, uh, the like, yeah, shiitake log projects and all yeah. that. It's just like, come on. Like, what was it? Uh, What's the kitchen? It's like Stonewall Kitchen was selling uh, like logs. They're pony logs. Uh-huh. Really? And then like these glass domes. Yeah, It's like yeah. a three hundred dollar kit. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's upscale. I don't yeah. know how I feel about this. Keep this on your counter for about six months. Yes. Maybe you'll see some mushrooms. There. It's a great talking point. <laughs> yeah. People are like, what the fuck is this log doing on your counter? <laughs> like, oh, I grow mushrooms now. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mycologist. I yeah. took my hat. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking rad, man. Well, I'm, so you have kids continuing on this weird story yeah of like uh i take a long time to tell stories man. no i All like these long places. stories dude. <laughs> it's funny because of the people that you know that have families like really the goal is to keep mom happy yeah. <laughs> you know she's like the the one taking care of all the stuff you know so it's like all right i gotta i gotta rearrange whatever i have to rearrange to keep mom happy you know because yeah. it's, it's, you know if she's not happy things are not going to flow around there at all you know Dude, so. and it's a steep spiral right yeah so, and that just makes sense <clears throat> guys are fucking dumb yeah we're just like wait i'm distracted by what's right in front of me it was mm. most women who have kids have this weird peripheral sense yeah. and their timing is what makes them seem disinterested in everything but they're just like trying to nail everything down yeah you know yeah and they have it all day long you know so it's hard but yeah <laughs> like this morning i left and my wife she had like a lung thing going on and she's like 
sick if I talk. Yeah. So by the time I left, she was like writing on her phone and then having like the speaker say what she was writing, you know, to the kids. She's like, <laughs> Joey, go over here, do this. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm like, I'm glad we can do this this day. But yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> this is technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's wild, man. So you started the this mushroom farm or just getting into mushrooms the same year you had your first kid. Yeah, I was just getting... So I worked for like a one of these delivery services that like puts together you know vegetables and local stuff yeah and delivers to people like i was working for a guy that did that doing his deliveries for about a year and a half and then you know probably 2014 i you know read through the big black bible front to back you know the uh ggmm um you know just kind of poured into it you know i looked at whatever was on the shroomery which wasn't a ton back then you know not for gourmets quite a different world yeah you know i've soaked up all the roger rabbit like the mushroom growing videos you know i mean most of his advice was for like cube stuff but like yeah that whole series was was good for everything you know like i still recommend that to people these days and they're kind of like a little bit like old-fashioned i'm like yeah but yeah but it's a good job dude and he covers like a lot of ground in one you know couple hour segment yeah (laughs) there's sweet music in the background yeah Oh man, hearing about his whole setup of like recording that in his brother's closet or something, mm-hmm. or like finally getting to edit it, it was just like old school tape technology, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he, I think he was having kids at the time too, so like, you know, you can imagine how crazy all this stuff probably was, but. Yeah, a lot going on for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was 2014, 2014, I think, when I like bought this container. I guess before that, like, I had done it. <laughs> I talked to, I think it was John, maybe? I don't know. Asheville Fungi is who I reached out to. Oh, dude, I remember buying Spawn from them. Yeah, yeah. I bought, bought like a bag of Spawn, and I remember like he was nice enough to have this like stupid long email conversation about like, what am I doing here, man? And like, I made like just buckets of straw. Like, I went out and got some straw, and like, just on my driveway, this like really crazy operation going on. And, uh, you know, put some buckets on my porch and like they grew mushrooms and it was great and I brought them around to a few restaurants and chefs and people are like yes this is great we love it so I just jumped from that into like all right I'm buying a shipping container and you know making it go just making it go yeah so (laughs) dude I completely forgot about Asheville fungi yeah yeah, yeah. are they still around I don't know I hope there's some vestige of them left I'm guessing it's probably different but I mean it seemed like they were like solid at the time you know so yeah they were one of those weird ones who like yeah the main guy there if it was john like he couldn't figure out his last name there's this like level of like perceived arrogance but it was probably from our standpoint just like a cube thing yeah <laughs> strange identities you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody has a, a weird avatar you mm-hmm. know <laughs> yeah that's funny man yeah, that's crazy. So you got spawned from them and just knocked up straw basically in your driveway? Yeah, and it was even like, you know, I didn't even cook it. It was just like lime soaked. I think I found hydrated lime. And, yeah, yeah. Which here, like, I mean, it works places, but here it's like, I can't even believe that it still worked here. Cause it's like, <laughs> this place is just now, you know, it's like a bacterial load in the air is probably like yeah, astronomically high compared to a lot of places, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it worked, and I was like, cool, I like this, let's, let's do this. And I met Ed, I like, talked to Ed about it, and he was like, yeah, I dig the idea, let's do it. And How'd you find Ed? Um, yeah, so Ed was at uh, Angie Subs, Angie Sub Shop, like the local joint for, like the high school kids will leave high school and go eat lunch there and stuff. But, you know, it's crazy, you go in there, and he's got like deer heads and all kinds of 
crazy stuff all over the place, so it's oh, just like shit. a fun place to go. Yeah. We had gone there like growing up, you know, every summer we would just go almost every day kind of thing. And uh, yeah. So we just kind of knew him and he was kind of quirky and I was like, hey, maybe Ed would be interested in, Yeah. You know, he had a restaurant, so he kind of like was in that realm of produce in a sense, you know, like I thought he might know some things. Yeah. He ended up having, you know, lots of supplies for me, like the walk-in that I'm still using. Um, Crazy. So. You always find those like weird characters that come out of the woodwork and yeah. help you out. Yeah, yeah. I got a call from one guy for our first walk-in, which was like the identical to that uh, yeah <laughs> he's like dude i hear pepper club in portland's going out of business you should get the fuck over there if you want this uh walk-in cooler and i was like okay so we just like crushed it over there and i walked in and the lady who owned the restaurant was like you better take it before the bank does and yeah. i was like fuck it still had all the freon and shit yeah, in it. yeah so my friend comes around the corner he who will not be mentioned and just <laughs> i was like dude we gotta find a company like degas this and he just goes <laughs> just breaks every fucking law under yeah. the sun you know and he's like get it out of here now and i was like oh my god you know run, run. yeah yeah but you always have to find those like characters yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> you gotta find the right thing yeah so edge your character <laughs> he is yeah he's great i mean he's doing nothing but help like all he wants to do is see me succeed you know like yeah i uh without going into the exact detail like his arrangement with me is just a percentage of my sales yeah which is like for a business starting that's like ideal you know because it's like yeah man if i'm not going then my rent is only this much you know so yeah he's just been uh, you know a great resource he's just always you know even after this long i told him like yeah we might have this property that we're going to move to and he's like sure man just tell me whatever i can do to help you know just, that's awesome you man. know he's always been great so yeah i met him luckily and Moved us out here. I was, I think, to begin with, the first thing I did, I was talking to, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Scott, Scott Lyons. He's down in Miami area. Sounds damn familiar, but no. Yeah. yeah. He, um, he was, at the time I met him, he was one of the few places, so I was like, oh, cool, like, I'm gonna go talk to this guy about mushrooms, see his place. And I went down there and talked to him, and I was buying, like, pre-colonized bags from him. Yeah. Which were all cocoa choir based. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all oh, right, this isn't man. the best exactly, but this know. is like in 2014 or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy it's, fuck. It's wild. I was like, looking back on that, I was like, all right, well, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, cocoa will grow pretty much anything, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not like it won't grow oysters. Yeah, I remember. I mean, it worked, but I think like yeah, probably even the straw was better in some ways. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know, it's expensive buying things to fruit them. So I was doing that for a while, and then I started doing straw. Yep which is, should be part of every mushroom grower's journey, which today, sadly, it's not. <laughs> right. You should have a straw shedder, shredder, yeah. some sort of weird weed whacker, like, yeah. <laughs> the, the whole process of getting straw, cutting it, storing it, everything, you know, and like yeah. making these giant, we made like these 50 pound straw logs and just inoculated them out here. I was doing a cold soak even, I didn't even do cooking it, and it worked reasonably well for what it was, you know, yeah. and then I think, I don't know what time it was that CMGN started, but that at some it was point... about that, yeah, 2014 or 15. At some point that became a big resource, you know, and like, yeah, everyone was, was able to kind of connect and like there was a sea change of people being like, oh yeah, straw sucks, let's just all do the, the blocks, you know, and yeah. so moved away from that. I built a, you know, 55 gallon barrel steamer to, to start doing block stuff. Um, yep. 
So, and then uh, I was working for a couple of years with Michael. I don't know if you ever met Michael or heard from him. Michael Thorpe. He's up in Georgia. I have heard of Michael Thorpe. Yeah, he hides in the shadows a lot. But he he's does. Cool. He's, he's like you know any of these cats who kind of came before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he had been working much longer than me, but um, he was you know he's like a three-hour drive from here, and yep. for for a while I was buying like a hundred blocks a week from him and putting him in there. Yeah. And then like eventually I got to the point where I was just making all my own blocks and half buying spawn half making my own spawn until i finally figured out that like making my own spawn was just a waste of time and money yeah. in the end and um you know found you guys found i think north sport you know yep um so yeah that's in basic outline that's been my journey you know like, that's a good journey man i mean it's interesting to see like where people have come in and how long it takes people to like get to certain areas of understanding too and even just buying spawn in is this funny rationale. Like we did it forever with Norspor. Yeah. But it became this thing where the quality just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And it's just because they were focusing exclusively on retail sales for the most part. Yeah. Which is fine, you know. But at that point, that must have been like, yeah, 2016 or 17. And then we made that switch to making our own spawn, which is like, I guess if we're gonna do it, we have to do it right. Yeah, yeah. And sure. it's always hard to like make those judgment calls mm -hmm. and be like, this is the right move. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and I mean, you've seen what I have here, and it's like, at some point I realize I'm like, this is not a lab. <laughs> you know, this is like yeah. an efficiency. Like, if you actually want to make spawn and actually know what's like going on to a reasonable extent, like, yeah, it's you know, a lot of people are just kind of like, I saw this it. cool Instagram video and. You know, everyone, you know, you just make your own spawn, it's great or whatever, and it's like, so many of those people, it takes years for them to figure out that, like, yeah, they probably were growing a bunch of bacteria the whole time, and it's still the mushrooms grew, but, you know. They yeah, or their, their culture was just that robust, and it right. lasted that long, you know, without any storage or anything. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's nice to kind of get over that hump of, like, you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah. Like, I can look at it as a, do I really want to? spend all this time with space that I have here trying to figure that out like yeah I've definitely yeah. made spawn before but it's like nice to uh yeah to not have to worry about it at the moment so it's wild man spawn is one of those funny things like uh you go to some of the bigger joints around the country and uh they hate spawn sales because it acts as all their like block sales yeah so you go from like a uh whatever fifteen hundred dollar order to like a Two hundred dollar order. You're mm -hmm. like, God damn, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it really is such a great way to decentralize that sort of block production, which yeah. is really readily accessible and possible. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's not that fucking hard to right. mix, to steam, to actually cool, and then inoculate. It takes time. Yeah. And like, not everybody steps into it properly, but mm -hmm. once you figure it out and you like realize it's scalable, you're like, great. I don't have to just buy in pallets of blocks yeah know? absolutely i mean especially now like you know the combo pellets and yeah. the availability of you know good spawn like yeah now people can see a really good functioning setup where it's like oh yeah this is, you know, i could do this this yeah. works yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even then you know some people you know like tracking the temperature of the steam you know probably still half the people aren't doing that and just getting <laughs> away with it but like i mean yeah. you see that as much as i do i think yeah. on all the forums and stuff for like uh cmgn it's funny that everybody's on Facebook now, and I just call them forums, but yeah, yeah, all yeah. the groups, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's this, like, there's this level of, uh, I'm getting away with it, you know, mm -hmm. and you're like, that's great and all, but, like, it's not going to last. And some people get away with it for a very long time. Yeah. And then the minute they're hit, they're, like, humbled hard, you mm -hmm. know. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's like the same questions. They're like, oh, I'm having problems. And everyone's like, okay, how long are you cooking for? And they're like, like 10 hours. And like, where is that track from? And they're like, nowhere. And you're like, okay, well, there's one thing. And then like the, the cooling of the substrate, you know, people are yeah. just kind of like, I've let it cool outside for years and never had a problem. I'm like, well, we got, that's you got lucky. lucky. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's crazy, man. <clears throat> and if you don't look at it from that sort of like rational scientific brain or just like having any engineer thoughts that don't clutter and complicate the whole process, some things are over-engineered by pure, you know, existence. You can realize like where things are going wrong. Yeah. You know, but there's this weird like level of, uh, like uh, you're just confident in your bullshit. Yeah. And you're like, don't yeah, yeah. back it up, you know, just like figure it out. What's next? You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And then they like emergency reach out and they're like, please help. Oh God, everything's going wrong. You know, and it's like, yeah, I'm glad you're going through this now. It's nice, <laughs> nice yeah. to have this. Stuff. Do you find yourself participating in that conversation a lot more now in terms of like helping other farms out? Or? I mean, I try to help as much as I can, but like, you know, past year of my life, especially is just, you know, I'll log on to Facebook once to check on stuff every once in a while and, you know, yeah. chime in where I feel like I can help someone. But, you know, yeah. for the most part, you know, I'm, like I'm really eager to help people if, if they need it because I have so many people help me when I started, you know. But, yeah. yeah, right now it's just hard to even, you know, make dinner at, at the end of the day. So we're like just bare minimum of activity, you know, trying to do. Yeah, man. I see my buddy Ethan all the time, who's like my main fabricator for Cabot Sam. Mm-hmm. But he loves going down to our new location that we're expanding into to just work because yeah. there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I finally figured out why he likes it so much. There's nobody there. <laughs> he doesn't have to like talk, think, yeah. manage like relationships, you know, mm-hmm. kids. He's just like grinding away. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. So there's a balance there. The Zen of the grinding away. Yeah. The Zen of the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Zen in the art of anything anymore except to just like stay focused and try and call that meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What does your wife think about all this? She loves it. I mean, she's like, she studied biology, so she's like, you know, was like, oh, this is a cool thing in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, she doesn't come out here all that much, but, you know, every once in a while she will make the trip. Like, we just don't really, you know, especially now, it's like, yeah, I guess the kids could run around and play a little bit, but they're just like, I'm getting eaten by bugs and it's hot and you know, we don't have anywhere to go here. So they don't come out that much, but that's a rough age too. Cause five year old to seven year old might be confident and comfortable out here, but like eight, yeah. 10, they're like, where's my phone? Yeah. There's, There's nothing no to do. <laughs> that right now we're just in the season of everyone's bored all the time. They just tell us all the time. They're like, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm like, then that's good. Feeds. Yeah, deal with it. You'll you'll figure it out. (laughs) Man, we never got to say that. I feel like I got, like, lashings for saying I'm bored. Oh, man. You're like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) You have not experienced boredom yet. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Try, like, a call or a whole car ride traveling to what PA to see your folks. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We get to fly this year, but we've driven a lot. And, uh, oh, man, it's like we stop halfway every time. It's like two days of driving there, two days of driving back, and it's just like... Dude, with kids, We're done with too. that. We're done. <laughs> if we can, we'll fly now, yeah. Yeah, like five-year-olds can fly pretty well, you know. Yeah, I hope so. We'll find out. <laughs> you said he's a little hellraiser, so yeah. you never know, man. For sure, yeah. It, it might cause a bit of a problem, but he's cool. He's, like, excited about the idea. You know, I love flying. I'm like, 
if I ever had any aspiration to make enough money for anything, it would be to like support a, a flying hobby, you know? Like yeah. a, a, every time I've ridden, especially on a small airplane, it's like, I, mean, I love this, such a interesting, mind-boggling yeah. experience. Being it's sensed it. Yeah, you're kind of like, how are they in control of this? Like, yeah. have you ever met a pilot that's like that far out? They're like, they're just like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and they're confident as fuck. Mm -hmm. yeah. Gotta feel good about your pilot, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's probably why they have that level of, like, you know, confidence or whatever, but they exude it. Uh, yeah, I think my mom, like, grew up flying ultralights, and I never oh, really? was that interested wow. in it. But yeah, yeah, she had a nutty story where, you know, she had a farmer boyfriend growing up in, like, you know, middle of the road massachusetts and uh he like you know had gone out countless times with her on an ultralight and uh at some point she got confident enough to like do bunny hops alone and then eventually just gained altitude and uh she's just like up in the air she's like fuck and at least they had cb radios mm -hmm. so she's like flying around because she knew how to like articulate the thing trying to be calm you know and she sees her boyfriend driving down below and she's like you know cb's in He's like, what's going on? She's like, yeah, just pull over for a minute if you don't mind. He's like, why? Just do it. Yeah. She's like, <clears throat> watching him get out of the truck. I don't know why that's down there. Yeah. Flying right now, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she goes, all right, don't be mad, but look up. And he looks up and sees the ultralight, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh <laughs> She's gosh. like, get me the fuck down. <laughs> So he guides her into like landing into this field, meets her over there, and then just made her take back off. And uh, ever since, you know, that moment, she's just like flown, except when she got uh, diagnosed with MS and had to stop. You yeah. know? But there is this weird excitement. And yeah. you get into it, like, kind of like, you know, like it's a peculiar thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we're really in the air right now. It's yeah. just like very out of body. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, the difference between like a commercial airliner and like anything smaller, you know, it's just like, feel like you're in a go-kart, you know, or like a motorcycle <laughs> of the air. You're just like, whoa, this is, I can actually feel the flying. Whereas yeah, big airplanes like a bus ride, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You actually don't know you're in the air in the buses. You're just yeah. like, oh my God, I'm just trying not to get like sick from the 8,000, yeah. you know, bugs in the air right now. These seats are tiny. I can't yeah. fit very well. Dude, gosh. I think they've shrunk them over the years. I hate flying. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah. I'm willing to endure it for the uh, trade-off of a two-hour flight versus a 15-hour yeah. drive. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, you said they're in yeah. Philly, too? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not too bad. No, it's not. Philly's an interesting town, too. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to have been able to, like, visit up there over the years, you know, like, yeah it's funny because every time i go there i'm like i wonder i wonder if i could go check out the whole kennett square thing and stuff but it, those places are just so big i'm just kind of like yeah they, they don't want to let me in we did the same thing <laughs> yeah. though we just marched in there and we're yeah. like what's going on i'll just give you the addresses right? okay yeah, yeah, i'll just show up and be like i have an appointment here yeah, yeah. i'm supposed, supposed to be, to be here. yeah dude it's it's amazing you go into a place like kennett and uh Ooh, well, trees falling over there right on daniel <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you go in there and it's like the center of town is just a bunch of rich white cats just eating at places named Portobello. And yeah. <laughs> uh, around the city is just Mexicans, you know, Mexican food. And uh, it's solely run on Mexican labor there for the most part. Wow. And they've had to do a lot of like um, 
push out of like you know uh, trailer park setups or whatever just because of gentrification and like condos going up around that center of Kenneth. Yeah. And uh, without that, they don't have any labor, you know, mm. like at all. So it's not even like, are they underpaid? Are they not paid? Or what's the situation? It's right. Like, there's no labor besides them. Yeah. You, know? so you could walk into any of those screening rooms and nobody would say a word, you know. They'd be like, oh, tall white guy. Yeah. Whatever. Probably cool. something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like dance and act like you're supposed to be there. Because there's Mexican music just blasting out of these fucking rooms. You yeah. Know? But. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing to see the whole getting into like agriculture at all you know it's been interesting to just peek into like all these different things you know and it's like people get people get all bent out of shape about gmo stuff but then like at some point you realize like this is how people freaking eat you know like yeah this like there's a lot of people to feed and there's a lot of people that can't afford expensive mushrooms or whatever you know it's like yeah. it's uh you know the whole the whole system is just very interesting yeah, there's the nerd factor that pulls us all in, but then there's that side of it that I think is, you feel like you're making less of an impact, but in reality, you are generating food. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of a, it's a nice thing at the end of the day, where mm -hmm. a lot of people don't even know how to grow a fucking basil plant anymore. Right. And trying to encourage that is really kind of cool. It is. Yeah. I know, it's like, you get strung along because it's over time it's like oh dude like this whole batch was bad or whatever and then like you know yeah. one person will just be like i love these mushrooms so much and you're like thank you thank, thank you, you i can go on again you know yeah. <laughs> it's so, the affirmation you needed <laughs> yeah just some little little tidbits along the way but yeah well this stuff's pretty isolating and like the more you like uh pick it apart the more you realize like you know what is somebody's outside perspective of this mm -hmm. everybody gets that same nerve factor when like we roll around or just Somebody's like, I want to come check your spot out. It's not usually an apprehension to anything other than like, dude, I haven't even looked around in a minute. Like, what <laughs> does this look like? You yeah. Know? But it's it's endlessly cool to see people's like ingenuity in terms of like the units that they put in or you yeah. know, how they've managed to adapt to certain climates. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking cool. I mean, I didn't imagine anybody would make anything out of like growing in Florida. Yeah. It's like did not make sense to me for the longest time, but you guys have figured it out. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It certainly happens. I mean, it's a lot like, I think the people that are doing it properly, if they have like a 60 degree grow room right now, you know, they they just have way, way, way more AC <laughs> going on than, yeah. you know, than the typical thing is. So it's expensive, but as long as you're like keeping it moving, then it's, you know, yeah, nothing to worry about. So no, man, you just can't let the uh, production slip at all. I know. You know? That's when you're like, uh oh, we're going in the red. We're yeah. going in the red. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Every every summer, I'm like, maybe I can like just stop for like a month or something, and then it's like, nope, can't do that. <laughs> no, man. This is not an industry where you take a break. That's not how it works. So it's rare. I've seen it happen. You know, like, and I think in certain areas that are not like uh the east coast in general but uh colorado for instance like mile high you know yeah. you know michael and and uh they take a break every year they used to just go to like burning man but now they just take a break and you know do something because they have a kiddo yeah know? yeah that was great i mean if you can figure it out i feel like i don't know if they're doing a lot of like csa like direct sales if, if that's like a majority of your stuff i feel like it'd be easier but right with all like restaurant clientele you know they're just going to be like you don't got mushrooms? All right, this guy's got mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to upkeep clients and like people are, they need to eat every X amount of hours, right. you know, so the food doesn't stop if the eating doesn't stop. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still eating. I'm still relevant. Yes. You're still relevant. <laughs> 
I know. Imagine it does switch and people are just like eating fucking grasshopper dust <laughs> and like God knows what else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes mushrooms anymore, man. Yeah. What happened? Turns out everyone figured out that they're mostly water. Like ninety five percent. That's the funniest thing to to constantly remark to people we're having some sort of like uh, growing issue is like dude you're growing funny shapes of water yeah i think like water you yeah know? i don't know i think like healthy water mm-hmm. just like change your mind a little bit to try and figure out like how this is actually working or not working yeah but speaking of that is your your like expansion in this whole thing are you are you a go big or go home like uh, brain right now or are you like I'm more know. like, I mean, you've seen what's out here, but yeah, I'm, I'm more of the idea of like, yeah, more like during busy seasons, I'd like to be able to do more, but more of just like the organizing it and making it more efficient, you know, wheels yeah. everywhere. We spend a lot of labor, like the, the amount of times we grab a block and move it, like even in the grow room, like, all right, I got to move this up here for phase two of pinning, you know, like we know these do better here. It's just, it's crazy. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot. And you know, I'm a small farm making like 100 to 200 pounds of mushrooms a week. And I've been doing that for years and like, I'm happy doing that. Yeah. Um, so there's not that much. It's like up to this point, it's just been kind of like, really I spend maybe an hour and a half more every week because of the things aren't connected, you know? Yep. But more so it's like this the place I'm looking at is closer to home and like the idea of having it all just more efficient and more less stressful because that's ultimately what over time gets you is like i don't mind cleaning the floors in there but it's stressful because it's hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? so that adds up over time where you're just like i don't want to do it yeah um yeah so and trying to like gauge whether or not you can pay somebody to do that like due diligent like hard ass work it's it's rough you're like yeah. if i wouldn't want to do this yeah exactly somebody's gonna burn out of it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then it ends up being like well this is hard i'm just gonna either do it half-assed or i'm gonna do like skip this week or whatever and then you have no idea what's going on and it's like we're having all these problems and like probably the grow room needs to be scrubbed top to bottom every single week every single part of it and it's hard so i get it i get why it's like yeah. you don't want to do it you know so yeah man no it's non-stop upkeep it's it's like maintenance it's landscaping it yeah. just keeps fucking growing back whether it's mold <laughs> or mushrooms you know it just keeps going the grass keeps growing yeah so i don't know that's my primary goals i would say is more just like making things more fluid and efficient like an actual farm design instead of like got a trailer got another one got another one and it's just there yeah and it's sporadic yeah. the place you're looking at is it just land is it just like a it's uh it's it's like a little lot it's in the city of atlantic beach so it's actually you know it's very urban compared to this but it's like a commercial it's next to kind of a main road so it's zoned both commercial and residential and there's like this tiny little house on it yeah that was used to be a business i don't know it's wild if you do go look at it it's like place is weird it's wild but it's got like a tiny little concrete block house and then it's got space in the back and it's commercial so you can build up to like 70 percent uh, lot coverage there no shit so uh, my idea would generally just be build like a you know warehouse building kind of in the back and the, the front place either completely get rid of it or like keep it so it looks kind of like same in the neighborhood have like a little retail area that people can come into up front and yeah be able to do the most of it in the back so i think when you approach things from the standpoint of wanting to bring people into it too you start looking at it very differently because you're 
the engineer side kicks in and you're like all the production has to really make sense mm-hmm. and like come out where people can see it yeah so that like yeah you can walk them around the peripheral but they don't feel like they're like missing something yeah and then yeah. you realize it just like comes around in this really nice way mm-hmm. it's like what we've been fucking with for loose and forever is just trying to like come up with the <laughs> best flow so like yeah. things just come in and go out Right. And come in and go out and it never fucking traces back on itself uh-huh. <laughs> that's really hard i remember yes. when brad came to westbrook which is our first like commercial 3,000 square foot he was like looking at the incubation racks and the bags on them and he's like what puts things on these racks mm-hmm. and i was like my fucking hands right dude you know and there was this weird moment where he was like from an engineer standpoint you're speaking about you know yeah not wanting to touch these things multiple times he was like why yeah why <laughs> there's wheels man come on wheels yeah yeah right i mean it's you know if you don't have it it's hard people do shipping container systems much better than i did where you have them lined up and you have like a walkway yeah. connecting them but that's just not how it played out here so yeah no dude this is the first go you yeah. know it's like it's amazing how far you can push a first grow and then I you're know. like wow i am done you know you're like, <laughs> yeah. on to the next one man well, <laughs> let's, let's change it a little bit even like you know i have to walk from the grow room put mushrooms in the fridge so it's like yeah it's hot out raining or whatever like you know it'd be nice to have a closed-in space to just get to the walk-in you know and oh yeah stuff and whatever so more quality of life than trying to expand but you know yeah it does seem like the the transition you, I mean, you may have consulted and seen more farms that are trying to do this but the, a farm transitioning either to bigger or different you know that seems like a very weak point where it's like don't do this carefully things might fall apart so you know i yeah. want to tread lightly on the idea and like figure out like half of the problem is like how do you how do you go from this to that without disrupting everything you know so yeah you build two farms it's like yeah i think that's the worst part is you can't like utilize the equipment that you're currently using yeah yeah it's like literally under load and Mm -hmm. you're gonna what cut your boiler off and move it the same day and (laughs) reattach it like no not gonna work no so like but i think you're like this ideal size where you can really consider those those interesting integral steps to what does it look like and work backwards from pounds supplied to like actual infrastructure Mm -hmm. and it seems like counterintuitive to most people but um it's simple in the sense that like your vision can only be defined by what you can sell and where you're going to sell it you know yeah yeah. and your location to a highway if it's like you know 300 miles away versus 20 minutes away Mm -hmm. it's a very like uh, bird's eye view like general mishy-mashy thing to step back and then plan this whole thing you know yeah, yeah. it's like it's really hard <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun every once in a while like probably every farmer gets this like moment where like oh, i gotta i gotta work all this out you know i make this big spreadsheet and i'm like a crazy disorganized adhd personality so it's like by the end of it like no one could understand it but me you know it's just like numbers everywhere and like <laughs> yeah, number dude. of racks and shelves and all you know and yeah it's your like... footnotes are just like <laughs> shrinking and shrinking, yeah. getting like 0.6 font you know <laughs> and after a while i realized i'm like you know i don't really need this to plan but apparently i needed just to get that out you know like yeah, i needed to just yeah. <laughs> get all that tension out by writing out all these ideas and figuring out the actual numbers and stuff you know? oh dude it's <laughs> totally true man there's like a funny funny uh, archaic value to the like notebook that's in every fucking mushroom farmer's pocket and yeah. you're like dude i go back and read some shit from like 10 years ago and i'm like i'm doing the same thing 
fuck. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like, I'm writing the same stuff down and I'm tracking this stuff going forward. Yeah. It's like a very strange point of view. But I did, I recently found my old notes when the 10 pound block thing became this like uh, emergency change, right? Mm. And I don't know if you remember it. Like, yeah, I remember. I definitely remember. I remember TR and Will arguing about it. <laughs> yeah, right. And they still to this day are yeah. like kind of at odds about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's funny. But it's an. I was like, uh, my wife got sick in Arizona, so I was literally like sitting in a cancer ward, like hanging out, writing these things out. And I'd forgotten, but I have them stacked up, and it was just like trying to like once again articulate like how many passes of a block, shakes of a block, re racks of a block packing of these things and i was like oh this does make sense yeah you literally cut all of your labor in half mm-hmm. and there's no fucking way like we could actually do it so when people talk in terms of like pounds production per hour or something like that you're like thinking far west yeah. and they still have like four and a half five pound blocks right so he kyle's like oh yeah we can do nine thousand bags a day or whatever it is and i'm like oh yeah well shit we do the same amount right, but it's yeah. just 10 pounds mm-hmm. you know yeah so it's all like trying to like balance the the favor of this like movement and then where your labor's at so right but it's funny to come across those notes and like i would still write it down the exact same yeah. way now. <laughs> the same thing yeah, yeah. well it's funny because i'll look through my notes and put it's like everything in my life is in those notes i'm like mushroom <laughs> farm needs air conditioner need to change the oil in the car like i gotta go pick up kids and stuff oranges and like, yeah. toilet paper yeah fuck my life I looked through and like i'll write down some funny thing my kid said you know and so i'm like can't throw these away i gotta save all those at some point yeah yeah but they're great man these are like artifacts from like your your plans and your construction (laughs) and like i don't know it's really really important i even found lists of like who we're gonna hire like at certain spots and we're the first day we hired in gardeners this guy named noah he's got these massive mutton chops loves metal music he's fucking the grandest character he loves him and yeah. uh he doesn't work for me anymore he like builds zen gardens he's like doing much better for himself yeah, yeah, right? yeah. but he like comes into the office and mark and i are like uh my older business partner who's spot out now he fucking comes in and he's like uh can i use your bathroom before we begin i need to take a shit and i was like go at it buddy <laughs> So he goes into the bathroom, Mark and I just like jump onto our computer and he starts laughing like maniacally in the bathroom. And I was like, Mark's like, get this fucking guy out of here. And I was like, all right. So he comes out and he goes, uh, carve Slayer into forearm before returning to work. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like a sticker you know, oh, yeah. that he was laughing at. And I was like, I actually like this guy now. Yeah. So he's their first hire, but it's really hard to like, uh, to articulate like who you're gonna hire but i still have the notes of that day like this guy's batshit crazy he's just at the top of it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so you never know like who's yeah. gonna make sense for your uh, your whole structure and setup no you definitely never know and most of the time i mean it's probably different for a lot of people that have like a more amenable facility but yeah you, know, yeah. you go through a lot of people that come out and they're like oh this is cool learning about mushrooms and like all right yeah it's hot i need you to do all the worst cleaning <laughs> right <laughs> you know and they're like this was fun, but I won't be back here. Do you like, are totally you allergic understand. to bleach or yeah. isopropyl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, do you have a soy intolerance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about it, being I, in the production side? I now? love it. You do? I still to this day, I love it. Like, it's, it's a lot of hard work, especially when it comes to being outside. And yeah. It's really hot outside. Yeah. But working with my hands is something I've always done. Yeah, man. So every day it's like, I don't hate coming here and doing it. Yeah. I was for a point riding a bike like 15 miles this way and 15 miles back home. A bicycle? Yeah, because I didn't Jesus have a car for a while. Fuck, so I was just riding a bike. 
yeah, come yeah. here and work because I mean I just loved it so much. And yeah, he would let me use it. his car, yeah. come out here and run deliveries and <laughs> continue running. And I don't know, it's nice being able to work for myself sometimes and yeah. not really have anybody like else around me distracting yeah. me from doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it's tough, right? Like you're trying to create a culture in the standpoint of like having a business and like mm. as you grow and excel and have different like employee dynamics, it gets fucking complicated. I've had a couple of friends come out here and say they wanted to help and got them out here for a day. Yeah. Not come back out. <laughs> not no. for everybody. It's no, not. no, it's totally not. It's it's a strange sort of environment too to like you actually be enjoy crazy. it. Yeah, kind of crazy to enjoy it. Yeah. Because it can get hectic because things can go wrong at any point. Yeah. Like, the AC can shut out. You'll have a random outburst of mold. Like, right. it's just constant cleaning. Yeah. And if you're not okay with that. Right. Because a lot of people don't think about it much. Growing mushrooms is like... Dude, it's like working at a fucking a hotel or something. Yeah. 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 It's a being a janitor. Because yeah. you're constantly cleaning things and making yeah. sure everything's 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. You just have to find more of him if you're actually going to grow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a clothing machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I feel like in the course of mushroom farming, I've been like wanting to create things just for the purpose of mushroom farming. You know, just right? Like, let's make a cloning machine just so we can farm mushrooms with me. Forget about the other uses, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to have it, and you're like, oh, you have this technology, but yeah. you're like, it was only applicable for more oysters. Yeah. Fuck. This is yeah, really yeah, the true yeah. purpose of this technology. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the engineer brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is weird, man. It's such a weird feeling, like. Because if I see something and I can see like a solution, you know, to right. it, like I don't even, I hardly even see it. I just see like, oh yeah, that's easy, and I just move on from it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It it lends to uh, a lot of like duct tape things. I'm like, listen, yeah. this has been sitting in a box on a brick for like three years through like hurricanes, and it's fine. So I'm just gonna leave it there. You know. Dude, it's remarkable. I don't know how you steam, but we had uh, what was um, Joe down there in Tampa. We were talking about the sauna steamers, and yeah. he's like, oh, dude, like, the best thing the sauna steamer's for is just, like, a fucking stool, you know? And I was like, <laughs> this is funny. And then you see, like, the most complicated, well, like, thought out, and I give them credit at Mushroom Maggie's for, like, the square footage they have, like, yeah. how well they've managed to make it work. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just see this rusted old fucked up sauna steamer with, like, the classic, like, a genie lady yeah. on the side with the weird fin leg or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, that is integral to their whole operation. Like, right. good God. That's and the hardest just all of it right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the other dude's just like, I fucking use it as a stool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but everybody has those weird things yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah man I think the production side gets interesting the bigger you get to and that's usually like if you're gonna make your own blocks in yeah. that expanded sort of space yeah you realize like how much room that actually takes up it's like incredible compared to fruiting rooms mm-hmm. everybody has that like one one or two one thing in their brain in terms of like scalability yeah it's Depending upon what you're going to grow, you need that much more room. Yeah, much, even more, you know, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. We're mostly sticking to, like, oysters and lion's mane just because of that. And yeah. Like, I would like to grow other stuff, but it's just like, dude, the chestnuts are sitting on the shelf for, like, four weeks. And this place is tiny as it is, you know, it's, like, yeah. hard, to, hard to really rationalize, so. Yeah, do you see the sales, like, in that particular area? And, like, that they're they're actually just going towards, like, two varieties? 
Well, I mean, I feel like that's still the majority of it, you know? Like, there will, you know, there's always people that are like, oh, I want something different, you know? And you're like, all right, I grew something different. And they're like, okay, I'll take three pounds. You know? Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. I'm just going to go back. And... <laughs> right. Three yeah. pounds for the 30 that you harvested. Yeah. yeah, for the 30 miles you just drove. Yeah. Dude. I know. Some people have these minimums, too. Yeah. I think the best minimum is like a... 10 pound box like if you're really gonna push it and it's on a route it's like 10 pounds minimum yeah it sucks because it does limit your like customer base from the beginning but you have to like reserve that stuff for like you know your sanity yeah absolutely yeah that three pound cat's gonna call you at 2 a.m and be like i'm they need them now <laughs> yeah. you're like in what fucking world bro <laughs> right now it's an emergency i have to be prepped for 5 a.m yeah dude I did it with King Oysters. We had all these uh, like restaurants emerging at the same time in Portland. We were the only people who were supplying King Oysters in that area at the time. And uh, this woman who owned Empire, uh, was a friend of one of mine, uh, one of my employees and one of my friends who's doing a lot of the stuff with Daniel, he, uh, uh, she called it like, it was, it was like two or three. And needed them like at five. And I was like, nope. She yeah. got so mad, dude. We never sold mushrooms to her again, but I yeah. was like, at what point is this relationship like unsustainable yeah. what you're selling to somebody you do cut them off you know? it's true yeah it's i've always like i'm i have a hard time saying no to people but i'm, I'm learning i'm learning to say no more and more you know like yeah all right the guy that wants three pounds of random mushrooms every week and wants to talk about it yeah. every week at length i'm like just not going to be in my rotation anymore that's <laughs> fine yeah, yeah that's true man are you doing the delivery solely or are you guys like balancing them both or? i try to offload it as much as i can you know but yeah, yeah. Always, I, like right now we have two people that may or may not be able to do deliveries in any given week so it's just kind of yeah. week by week i like to go in every once in a while you know i like to see the people and maintain the relationship yeah man for sure so yeah um but yeah, now that i got a car i can do them too Right. Yeah, no. Which is nice because I used to love doing deliveries just to go in there and see all the cooks and stuff and Jeez. talk to them for a while. Yeah. Because all of them are interested in mushrooms. Well, it's also how you sell it too. And like the most important thing I've ever gleaned from like going around and interviewing farms is just like if you take some concept from one chef and bring it to another one, concept, not dish entirely, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll get 100 pounds of that then. Or I'll yeah, get yeah. this, you know. All it is is that, and there's like this weird sales motivation behind it where you can be like, wow, I just opened like three fucking accounts just by like gleaning one thing and bringing it to another. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My sales my sales pitches walk into a restaurant with a box of mushrooms. I'm like, hey, you guys want these? That's your sales pitch? <laughs> Basically. Dude, that's my sales yeah. pitch, man. Nobody will fucking buy mushrooms from me. I'm like, yeah. nah, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm definitely not good at it. But up till now, it's been enough, you know, because people are like, yeah. oh, cool, yeah, that sounds good. If anything, I just confuse them. Like, so how do I order these? And I'm like, all right, well, I followed a series of complicated instructions, and I can't tell you exactly what you'll get or when, but... But I will bring you, you can get them. You yeah. can get them. Maybe that's just the Florida way, man. Yeah. <laughs> the Jack's Beach way. <laughs> what do you want to see him do with this expansion? Build a warehouse. Build a warehouse. <laughs> Waiting him to build a warehouse. I tell him every, like, I'm telling him tasks at the end of the day, and then at the end of every one, I'm like, and build that warehouse. And build that warehouse. And build that warehouse. Off the production. <laughs> yeah. So that way we can continuously, like, have 
the restaurant sales that we have and have enough mushrooms from markets and stuff like that just to yeah give more out to the community yeah because it's not like the demand is lacking at all right now anyways exactly it's even a slow season around. but yeah yeah but markets is just like a good way to meet other restaurants and other yeah. people who hopefully would get that much that amount of mushrooms and there's like those personal chefs that you see every now and again yeah they'll come by and when i was working farmers markets they'd always ask about yeah. how they could get them and stuff like that oh shit but it's amazing that chefs still more. go to farmers markets too right, it's yeah. like a, it is a thing mm-hmm. yeah oh, it's cool to hear the stories from farmers markets too oh yeah man yeah I, I never lasted at farmers markets i was always under this like auspice that you had to like uh appeal and like do the whole dog and pony show i fucking <laughs> sucked at it man this lady came up to me and asked me what that was and it was a king oyster and i told her it was a carrot and then my business partner at the time was like get out of here dude go just back please. and like yeah just leave just be done yeah if we go to a market i'm, I'm the last resort at the market which i love going to the market but it's like <laughs> people you know they're like well, what is this and then like i stop like 10 seconds in and see them like what are you telling me? What are you telling me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I thought you wanted to know. You didn't mm-hmm. want to know. Saprophytic Basidium Basides <laughs> with this exact Latin name is not actually that in which you were inquiring about. Right. Black oysters just the king oyster. Eat it, go away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. I don't know when it bleeds off for certain people and they like don't want to participate in like the sales side of things. But I don't know. I'm not good at selling stuff. It's yeah. like a funny acknowledgement. I'm not. I'm not either. I'm. I'm, not, I'm happy to do it, you know. But I would like for there be a, a route for someone else to take it on. But you know, the communication yeah. about what you have and how much of it and stuff—it's just yeah. you kind of have to be a, in all of it to be able to do it. So yeah. Right now, that's my that's my thing. So. Yeah. Well, it's part of that list making process too. The like biggest question Cap and Stem gets is like, uh, what software is there like for us to do predict ordering. and order and get it out? I'm like fucking excel yeah <laughs> that's it you make your call list and go from there yeah <laughs> a piece of paper and a pen and you just look back over all the last weeks and you're like oh, yeah then i forgot about this yeah so far that's how it is for me but yeah i don't know i mean so the people that really have their eyes set on like i'm gonna have a thousand pounds of mushrooms every week and stuff like yeah you know they probably have a different motives you know but for me it's kind of like I'm all right. I'm like, I kind of like knowing the extent of all the clientele that I have and, you know, kind of knowing them personally and stuff. So that's a good way to go, man. Yeah. And they're also like clients for life in that manner. Yeah. They know what they're getting and they kind of know your setup. Mm-hmm. It's tough to go into like all of a sudden being Whole Foods and be like, oh, great. We have fucking 500 pounds that these people need every week. But like, they'll just turn it on you if you don't have it and be like, well, just go somewhere else. Yeah. You know? yeah kind of scary yeah yeah i remember when i started this whole thing i had a conversation with john holiday i don't know if you ever talked to him yeah no, john hates me yeah, okay yeah. He does. he's a fucking piece of shit <laughs> i said it yes i fucking hate john <laughs> anyways i don't hate very many people yeah john has well, like actively tried to make uh, us just like obsolete by telling people that buying blocks and spawn in is dumb yeah by his bleach system i'm like i don't fucking is he talk still shit about talking you? to bleach system is that still what he's like, yeah. is, are people still doing that? Like, he's setting yeah. up new farms and stuff? He's still? attempting to still, yeah. yeah. His most recent thing, I always give Brooks a hard time from Far West about mm-hmm. it because he'll just ride the 
the holiday coattails forever but yeah they're just in jamaica with like you know everybody else who's like trying to do this weird feeding frenzy in jamaica and it's great it's a good opportunity for people like brooks you know cats to just carry along with him but mm -hmm. yeah he still hawks a lot of that stuff and yeah. just tries to grab onto other people's things and then just like adopt and sell them quick you know yeah he's a cowboy yeah he's it's interesting to hear that whole story you know like i had a couple conversations with him and i <clears throat> i would i didn't feel like he was evil but i didn't feel either like he was you know on my side necessarily you know but it's i don't know like the whole i don't know where that started if if it was just like seeing people that have been you know bought into his system and it failed for them and like that happened enough times that he just had a bad reputation or if like you know like you're saying he's like talking shit about what you're doing and trying to convince people not to do it yeah yeah he's uh i don't exactly know where it comes from other than i've seen the reactivity for farms that are not um they're large enough but they didn't realize what was happening around them and then they get uber defensive yeah i think i was telling you the psychedelic conference just happened in uh, colorado mm -hmm. i was talking to sam who was lipa on the shroomery back mm -hmm. in the day he's, uh, yeah. he's now owns like uh r d guy okay oh mushrooms is massive you okay. know like they're the oh, yeah, largest okay. powdered you know uh, mushroom manufacturer that's lipo interesting I didn't know that. Yeah. isn't that fucking that's crazy funny. these little names i'm like there's such a small population that understands these names yeah it. dude but you know, yeah, you know you <laughs> know oh and i'm so glad you do because i'll say this stuff and it falls flat and i'm like what were we talking about yeah. gummy bears i don't fucking remember now <laughs> No, so Sam called me by accident last night, and we we're just like editing and, and whatever. And he's like, "Oh shit, wrong Eric." And I was like, "Ah, now you gotta talk to me. What's up, dude?" <laughs> and uh, he was just out there, and it's um, it's just full on season for people to get defensive and crazy now. Yeah. And the person this year who's nuts was Jeff. Uh, what's it? Uh, Jeff Chilton, who like wrote the Mushroom Growers book, yeah. uh, co-wrote it with Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he was literally getting in fist fights on stage at this conference with 15,000 people watching. Just like, fuck you, only mushrooms. Like, we want nothing to do with this powdered shit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So people like him and John, who like just kind of were like, oh, we're, we're, we know everything. We're yeah. the best. Corey mm. said for sex and uh, this <laughs> for that, you know. Yeah. They have fallen flat because they didn't continue researching and developing anything. And mm -hmm. there's no scientific data to back up anything. Light becomes, or Sam comes into this whole scenario, and um, there's enough money to focus on what they want to get across to the consumer, which is like, okay, like polysaccharides. Uh, right. More water means more polysaccharides. But why are polysaccharides important? Just because we don't produce them ourselves means we need them. But let's analyze every little thing in like a spectrum of different phenotypes across the board mm -hmm. and examine exactly how these things interact with your health. And right. then publish something that's peer-reviewed and presented at these conferences so right now these conferences are fucking laughing stock he was saying the dea came into this conference with fifteen thousand people <laughs> literally 100 yeah. DEA agents marched over to one booth and they were selling like dmt pens they arrested them and then yeah. left meanwhile everybody else is just like giving dried shrooms away to like everybody they can see yeah and cops are standing there everybody's standing there nobody gives a shit you mm -hmm. know but they care about like one thing in particular yeah. there's always a point to get across you know mm -hmm. but for like the large people to be at this thing and i don't think john was there yeah um the people who have all of the money and all of the influence and are creating these companies that from the start have 500 employees yeah <laughs> they don't even know right. what they're doing yet yeah they're like what are we doing here? Uh, yeah something. they're all like 
converging. So yeah. it's just funny to hear somebody like Jeff who had like a real uh, stance of being like, dude, mushrooms over mycelium. That was his stance. Yeah. He's still arguing the same fucking stance. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like it doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like why? It doesn't make any sense to people like Sam who are just trying to like really do the due diligence and studies. Yeah. And not just back up like folklore, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, the whole medicinal yeah. mushrooms thing, yeah. I, I feel like I've, I've heard you allude to it a few times because I remember something you said about, like, with with your wife and cancer and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I do, like, you know, there's so many people at markets or whatever, and they're like, I read about mushrooms, and they're going to all save everyone and, like, make my brain better and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. listen, probably eating mushrooms is better than eating whatever, Twinkies, but, like, right. you might not want to expect that it's going to, like, fix all your problems, you know. If your diabetes ain't gonna go away. Yeah. Just eating chaga like it's fucking popcorn. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I've always people are interested in it and they want it and like I want to help people and get it to them that, that want it. But I'm like, you know, I want to like temper people's understanding of of what's going on because like you said, like this happens everywhere. But just you know, someone's like, there, there's a study about this, and it's like you really go look about it, look in the study. And it's like this wasn't peer reviewed. This wasn't you know. It's yeah. like very thin um and it just takes a long time for that to actually get you know some real backing behind it that you can trust you know yeah yeah and the trust comes with longevity and it just hasn't been long enough like and the rest of the world treats uh healthcare like healthy eating right whereas we don't Mm -hmm. we're just looking for like i ate a burger now i need mushrooms i guess so i can feel better you know like that's kind of how we balancing it out yeah yeah yin and yang is not what you think yeah Mm. no it's from Frankie's standpoint and, and her oncologist and like chemo doctors and stuff, uh, I like have never really like delved into it enough to believe any of the hype. Mm-hmm. But I, I know that like I had the only experience of being like, oh, this is why people fall into this rabbit hole of saying this can help you. Because they have one experience with a person that, that helps them. Right. And that's strong enough to deter any sort of like, um, careful entrance into mm-hmm. like oh this might not work for everybody i was making a ton of uh, rso for her like weed extract yeah for her cancer treatments and stuff just because you know if you have Very a terminal helpful. disease it's interesting but also if you're taking a thousand milligrams a day try taking a thousand milligrams a day you know <laughs> so we were making all this shit and uh at the end she just looked it was heartbreaking she just looked up to me and was like i don't want to be high anymore and i was like cool we're done like yeah. fuck it you know yeah. but i had all this weed so i started making um uh just because i was interested in working with a guy who's making actually uh really interesting strides into that R&D territory of uh, cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was doing hi- um, hydrogenated THC oil and like uh, cannabinoids and, and just kind of like trying other things to see what they yeah. did, put them into studies. Um, not long-term studies or anything like that. So I had made this uh, THCA extract for him, so non-psychoactive cannabinoid extract. <clears throat> and I had read somewhere that it helped with... Um, somebody getting off of uh, anti-anxiety meds mm. you know like half of the world that's their depression med is like yeah. just a colonopin or whatever you mm-hmm. know and my mother-in-law who's now passed away she, frank's mom she uh was like hard into the weeds and that stuff mm-hmm. i was like why don't you try this you know i was like i know you've never gotten like high in your life and this does not get you high mm-hmm. just try it 
and she took a bunch of it just in like dropper bottles and I didn't hear anything from her for like a couple months and she came back and one late night we were just having a discussion where uh, I asked her how life was going and she was like it's great you know I, I've not taken like any anti-anxiety or depression pill for like months now and yeah. it's the weirdest experience I was like why you know what do you attribute that to you I'd forgotten I gave her this shit yeah. and she was like because this fucking oil i don't know yeah. what the fu- i can't even get people to make it for me i don't know what it is so yeah. like you're gonna have to explain it to me so i did and i was like i don't i don't understand the value of it at all every time i've taken it i'm like this is just like a fucking oil in my mouth <laughs> i don't know you know but uh for some reason it clicked in my head right there this is what captivates people yeah. this is they're like all of a sudden helped somebody mm-hmm. and then they just want everybody to feel that same thing yeah. so they can get the like endorphins and like yes you know? yeah so you want to feel like you're doing something yeah i mean it's not like unreasonable that there's things in there that are helping people like you know you take cubes for instance and it's like something is definitely going on there so probably things going on in the other mushrooms too and things (laughs) that we don't know about but yeah it's like people putting their eggs in the basket of like oh this is gonna prevent alzheimer's or whatever you know it's like yeah you know eat good food for sure and like if this maybe helps you that's cool but i wouldn't and put your money on this changing your your life in the long term uh, you know yeah that you can't change other ways like eating healthy and exercising or whatever you know so yeah it's like a compound complex of effects that you're trying to achieve with lots of different other inputs you know yeah so do you want to stay in the fresh mushroom side of things or do you like this concept of how this is like a very specialized industry now yeah i don't know it's kind of hard to tell i mean i'm definitely getting a little bit weary of all the communication and delivering and stuff but i mean i can't complain too much about it either so i like it i mean i think that's the most satisfying thing is like making food but there is a huge realm out there of you know mushroom related items that can be you know don't have a seven day shelf life you know (laughs) yeah yeah could uh help other people with stuff i don't know i feel reluctant to like try to offer my services to other people like that want to grow mushrooms you know because i'm like I don't know that I would be the best person for that, you know, right. but it is weird to see people that come up like a year or two ago and now they're like, I could teach you to grow mushrooms. And I'm like, all right, that's interesting. Cool. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a sales strategy now, right? It's like the dude, everybody's seen on Facebook, like wiggling a liquid syringe or whatever yeah. at the screen. You're like, fuck me, fuck this dude. Like what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> There's like those Facebook pages that are like free spores or trade spores now. Yeah. Just everywhere. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's insane. It kind of reminds me of, like, just the weed culture in general. It's like, I don't have that much interest in, like, the, <clears throat> you know, 700 phenotypes of a blue oyster mushroom, you know, but people no. are like, this one came from North Carolina under a big elm tree, you know, whatever. They, like, have, everything has its own story, and it's like, yeah. and this one's almost exactly the same, but it's different, I promise, you know, like. Right. You know that, like basing this off of like how it looked when you grew it. Like, yeah, you know that it grew in the same conditions, really. Like, you know. yeah, or so. you don't know why it was there. Is happenstance, or like yeah. somebody plugged the tree? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 
What was the oyster strain that, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was like a really dark blue oyster strain that um, Asheville Fungi had. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that somewhat recently. I forget the name of it too, but. It's, it had a silly name. It's not Juno or something like yeah. uh, the shiitake strain, but it's something similar. Mm. I remember that, but in all these other oysters that have cropped up, it's that similar mentality to yeah. Like, it's probably the same. <laughs> it might actually be the same, but. It might. Yeah. God, what was the name of that? Uh, you really like sparked my brain for Asheville. <laughs> I've completely forgotten about that whole like yeah. company. There was one like Nebridensis or something like that. No, yeah, that was, it wasn't Nebridini. It, it was yeah. the yeah. That's a very interesting one. You're having a conversation with a guy from Norway, and uh, the place, not this town. <laughs> yeah. I have to like preface that every time I'm in Maine because people are like, oh, it's right down the road. But uh, it was first cultivated, uh, or not cultivated, but um, harvested like near lime, um, uh, lime mines essentially. Mm. So the pH can be like extreme for it. It can be closer to like 11, which oh, really? is kind of bizarre. Yeah. yeah. So we had a guy reach out from Norway and he's like, this old guard, I can't do a Norwegian accent even though I'm Norwegian. <laughs> this old guard man told us we should buy, uh, you know, extra lime and create this interesting yeah. phenotype and i was like i don't think i mean i haven't seen anything grow in like 11 that seems yeah. kind of out to lunch it's pretty extreme and uh this guy sure enough gets all of his lines made substrate hilariously enough up to 11 and grows it that way i was like this seems very very strange yeah yeah who knows if it just self-regulates and sort of evens out but yeah by the time you actually inoculate it probably the Right. What's its pH then, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully closer to neutral. Or something, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, that's where Neverdini came from. From those weird, weird mines, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think particularly this location will make a good place where people can, like, come and pick up mushrooms. Because right now it's just, there's luckily a couple little grocery stores that I can direct people to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some people are like, I want mushrooms, but some people are like, really, I want to talk about mushrooms and also buy some mushrooms, you know? So, like, having a place that people can physically walk in and, and buy something and talk to you and stuff would probably be a, a big boon to it, you know, it'd be nicer to split split it up so it's, you know, more direct sales and, and yeah. whatnot, so. I think but, it'd be great, man. Nobody is doing that down here. Yeah. That model is, like, out there. But uh, not in Florida. There's probably a lot of tools for it by now, too. Like, because the biggest thing for me is trying to set up an online store for people is just like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to have, you know? Like, I don't want to mess that up. So, like, there's probably better tools now where you could, you know, input inventory and have it roughly work out and just underestimate or whatever you have to do to make sure you have it. So, yeah, and kind of know. I know, like, Eric's, you know, methodology. I always like trying to encourage people to just travel and visit farms and do weird stuff. But if you go up to his uh, spot, he used to do tours. I think he still does every Saturday. Are you talking and about Sunday. Myers? No, Eric Milligan at uh, New Hampshire Mushroom Company. Okay, all right. He uh, he's got what you would expect of a place that is a full-on production facility. He buys spawn from us, but he does his own blocks, own fruiting, and he has a storefront area in this beautiful, like red barn, you know, looking building. And uh, he does tours every Sunday, and some of those tours get up to like 50 people, and yeah. every single one of them buy mushrooms right. at the end of the tour because yeah. they're like stoked. 
So it just comes to you. Yeah. So the majority of his like direct to retail sales has switched from markets to that. Mm -hmm. And then he just has a few trucks that will go around and deliver restaurants or wholesalers or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's a very feasible model if you're in an area where people will come out of the woodwork and actually yeah. like check it out. And then you advertise as such, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good way to do it. Yeah. I just like the idea of directly selling things. Yeah. <clears throat> as it is now, like people will do it, but I'm, you know, they're like, can I buy mushrooms from you? I'm like, yes, you can. This is how it's going to go. We're going to send like 10 messages back and forth so I can figure out what you want and how much of it you want and where I can meet you or whatever it is, you know, so. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> it's like a it's like a non-illegal drug deal yeah like, huh? this is a lot exactly. of work literally meeting up <laughs> exactly what it is. literally meeting up and being like here's a brown bag of mushrooms for you here's yeah. the bag yeah i'd almost want to entice cops to show up at an event like that. <clears throat> just to be weird about it yeah it's funny this uh i'm not really into golf i don't know if you know anything about golf uh but there's a tournament called oh. tpc <laughs> Okay. you know that? I don't uh, know if you know that or not. What's it called? The TPC. TPC? No. The Players' Championship. Yeah. All right. I know this because I grew up here, and it's here. It's like the golf course <laughs> is like right down there. Yeah. All right. And so every year for TPC, they actually direct all of the traffic for TPC coming in down this road right here. Down this guy? <laughs> yeah. No way. It's so it funny. Sucks. Like, you know, it sucks. these sucks. people are... Uh, you know, the golfer types, you know, and they go by and they see like me or Nick like coming out of the grove with a mask and gloves on and like holding just boxes. Like, they're like, what yeah. in the meth lands of Florida is going on right that now? Yeah. It has been the most it's great. question thing right there. It's so great. I love it so much. People like, you know, when there's lots of traffic, they'll just keep going. But when it's just like one car comes through, they see us and they'll like slow down and be like, whoa, We're in the right place. Right. I asked if this is a hot dog stand. Which is just wild. You're like hot diggity dog. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny though, man. It's like I remember more often than not, like there'll be cops going by and they'll stop and they'll be like, "What's going on here?" And I'm like, "Oh, we grow mushrooms." And they're like, "Oh, cool." And they like come pop their head in and look and they're like, "This is awesome. I love this." And I'm like, "All right." And like even the cops, you know, they're like, "You grow magic mushrooms?" And I'm like, "What? No. No, of course not. What do you?" Why, why would you ask that? It's the most weird, the weirdest question right there. Yeah. It's oh, the yeah. Weirdest question. yeah. It's the most constant question, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some cats that question. are just brazenly doing it, oh, yeah. and they don't give a fuck, man. I can't believe, like, I'll go on Instagram and just see people with their tubs, you know, and they're like, look at my tub, like, show you the whole process and how they make chocolates and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I, I guess I'm glad that people can do that without worrying, but still, I'm like, mm it's interesting yeah. like yeah our, our, we're excited to like go and visit some of these larger cube operations that have like made pretty good strides in helping and you know a lot of people coming out of the weed industry are getting into it mm -hmm. and uh the brazen nature of that is fucking weird and but it further you know speaking of the psychedelic conferences further points out cops don't really give a shit about them yeah mm -mm. i yeah. didn't think about that you right. know yeah. yeah they're gonna give a shit about them if there's pounds and pounds and pounds yeah. it's like oh well, this would be great for the newspaper and the department right you know? yeah, yeah but they don't really care no they're know? interested just like everybody else you know? yeah yeah they just want to get a little weird yeah <laughs> i don't think i could yeah, engage with a cop at that level. They used to come into our farm all the time. Oh, they yeah. just like walk in and you're like pulling racks and steams <laughs> everywhere. And they're like, what the fuck? Now's, and you're like, dude. Now's not a good time, dude. Yeah. Come on. I'm such a dick too because I have this thing where I just will not talk to cops. Like oh, yeah. no matter what they do. Mostly they just piss them off. But okay. it's part of that whole like just be an asshole thing. 
and uh and it's always fun to see the reaction towards that but they'll come into the farm yeah and you're just staring at them you know and it's great it's like uh the spot in which we've gotten loosed in which is now it's like i think it's 30 acres and we've got um Jeez, like 70, it's a lot of land. 75,000 square feet of building. That's you know? wild, yeah. It, I mean, this is why, like, anybody at this stage can just grow into whatever they're willing to gamble. And I'm like, yeah. well, now I'm $1.3 million in debt. And then I go hang out with Norseport, and I'm like, you guys are $13 million in debt. Oh, 24,000 square feet? I'm like, fuck this, you know. So it's just, it's one of those things where you're trying to, like, gauge your level of, like, risk and how long you want to be in it for, you Yeah. Know? But the neighbors around that area are so cool, and they just own these old chicken barns like him, and they just stash their toys and their mm-hmm. gasoline and their fucking like fun shit in them. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. These guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go hunt, and you're like, you'll trade like you know stories, and then be like, hey, can I go like hunt back there? I'm like, sure, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't shoot me. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't just shoot don't shoot way. me. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the Eds of the world are priceless, you know. He's been, he's just awesome. He's great. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's one thing, too. I feel like, I don't know where the divide is, but it's like, at some point, a lot of the farms are like, all right, we're going into leveraging, you know, getting loans and stuff from the bank, which, you know, people that know about business more than me, probably that's a good idea. Use someone else's money instead of your own, you know. Yeah. (laughs) If things go wrong, then... You know, whatever you fold. Yeah, but like, bankruptcy is a great out. <laughs> it's always there for you, <laughs> as our former president showed us. You know. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's like I've always come at this from like, all right, what can just afford as it is right now? You know, very like incremental. You know, just the, the idea of that much overhead and like uncertainty is a little bit crushing to me. So it's terrifying. You know, it's a good reason to stay small. <laughs> Well, and it's also, this is just a very scalable business, you know, yeah. and you really can, there are certain strides you got to make and, and jumps you have to, you know, do in order to be in that, like, scalable, sustainable level, mm-hmm. but it, it really is like a basement backyard grower can excel to a container grower or a facility grower without crazy risk, yeah. you know, yeah. if they, like, the timing is right and everything mm-hmm. lines up. Yeah, they're but thrifty if, enough. Yeah, yeah, and you just have to like, you know, hedge your bets and not not spend a ton of time worrying about everything other than the sales. You're like, yeah. are the sales there? That's the only thing that guides it. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a, a relatively good P and L, yeah, and you can show it to a bank, they're like, all right, here's a hundred grand or whatever. Right. Yeah. But past that point, it gets really scary. I'm mm-hmm. just like a white trash kid. I have no idea like how this actually all unfolds. I'm like, huh, I'm employing this many people. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That's intense. That's definitely intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think many of us know kind of exactly how it all unfolds, but it is a weird wave that you just ride if it works and mm-hmm. you just keep going. But man, the risks are high, you know, and knowledge in that is huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <clears throat> I mean, even I've been buying you guys a spawn, and it's like right now the shipping is more than the spawn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, it's the only motivation I have for like making my own is just because it's like, yeah, it's high. Yeah, even with the high price, which is fine, you know, like I looked at it and like still yeah. worth it. But it's like you could pay that high of a price and it could get here and be hot and bad. And you know? trashed. And then you just got to throw it away and start again. You know? Oh, and then you're, you're lost because like through the roof, which is why we push it to the point where we're like, we're not fucking shipping anything out of here dry, you know. Yeah. 
it's just not going to happen with like no insulation or you know the reefer packs or anything mm-hmm. are you going through southwest too i was i stopped just because taking an hour and a half trip up there and back just yeah. was wearing on me but like based on the last shipment i'm like i might just have to go back to that for a few months here yeah <laughs> it's just so hot that's kind of why we've kept it as this open option and uh yeah. it's really important to sort of like navigate those fine lines of being like yeah this is actually necessary for these three months out of the year yeah or even the freezing months for certain farms if yeah. it's too cold it's just gonna go bad you know right and it's hard being that spawn supplier it all does come back to you people get pissed and you're like dude we'll just give free spawn away but it's like they're like five thousand dollars worth of loss and you're like i didn't knock those blocks yeah i know you gotta use your judgment here yeah yeah bag arrives at 100 degrees just eat it and buy some new spawn you know yeah it's not terrible it's pretty good make some beer out of it yeah (laughs) (laughs) continue to farm Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, this is cool. Thank you for doing this, man. Absolutely. I appreciate chatting. I feel uh, honored that you stop in here, you know. Thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, no, it's great, man. I'm, like, blown away by how many farms have cropped up, and I'm just excited that, like, people have stories, and they have this, like, engaging, encouraged attitude to, like, go at whatever level they're at and comfortable with. Yeah. And, like, we're all doing the exact same thing at different scales. Right. So there's no sense in being like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to approach so-and-so. They're huge. Right. It doesn't fucking matter. It's the same game, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> same game, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's like most of the job is just moving substrate around. It's <laughs> true, dude. It's just it's moving true. weights. So it is. It's a little workout. That's how you get strong. No, dude, I've got I've gotten so much stronger since I've worked here, man. It's crazy. (laughs) I just get weaker by the day. Uh, Somebody asked me to shake bags for a day. I'm like, we have to shake all thousand. All right, fuck my life. Yeah. No. (laughs) That's a good workout. It should take only 45 minutes to shake 100 bags. Come on. And then I go shake them, and I'm like, dude, this is hard. This is terrible. One time I went out to a festival, and he had to come in and shake bags, and he was like, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Because <laughs> you have realized how much this actually is. It it's like it's yeah. if you're not doing it every day, it sucks. Yeah. There's a break point too for employees who will bring in and you can see them the first week and if they make it past that you're like, Oh, they're golden for at least a year. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, I'm done. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah, you should bring back sure. the employee of the month before he was here. I had a, a dryer. <laughs> A dryer? Yeah, it was the employee of the month every month for sure. He told me this and it scared me. Yeah. Never wanted to. It worked out really good, but there was there was an incident where some like this guy was reaching in and I think he must have just been holding on too much and like started to turn his arm and he got scared, you know. Oh no. You didn't get hurt. Oh you're talking the like uh just a dryer. Literally an open door dryer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I forgot this was a thing for a while. All I could think is like if somebody doesn't yeah if you put it on tumble great but if there's like a uh, you're using the shit out of these things and people don't wash laundry that much Mm -hmm. you know for that long right depending upon what scale you're at and there's a farm in Worcester Mass that burned down I was like it was the dryer like it was Was the first thing I thought about yeah Yeah. yeah. and I'm pretty sure it was too yeah it's like fuck Jesus I don't know who came up with that was that Eric I don't know no idea but (laughs) you know what I saw it from uh, I think it was Scott Scott Avery I think, is his name Scott Avery? Yeah, it's Scott, uh, listen B. Scott listen Avery, B. listen okay. B. Yeah, 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 he's got two last names. He's think, great, dude. Yeah, he's, he's all, every time I've communicated with him, he's 
He's really cool. But yeah, I think he's I saw him get rough like, fucking existence, but has yeah. He? yeah, he's just had all these like weird things come down on him really hard, you know. Yikes. Yeah, and he's just like salt of the earth, good dude. He's yeah. the best, you know. But uh yeah, maybe it was him. <laughs> he's got these crazy stories like Cyrus having fucking propane tanks blown up in your yeah. face and stuff. He's got the same tales. Yeah. I know. Oh, dude. Hoping you don't have to tell that tale for sure. Don't tell that tale, man. Don't tell that tale. I don't know. It's funny with the the bigger tumblers that I see, like the real ones, you know, where they yeah. like get corrugated pipe and do it. I'm like, that bag, at least for me, if you're using pellets, maybe if you're mixing it, but it's not going to be shaken by the end of that thing. <laughs> oh no, dude, it's a placeholder for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. yeah, that's why you have like Australian company out there. Uh, I forget their name. It's like Australian Mushroom Supply. But they're, they've created this crazy, like, system that, like, picks up bags and, like, turns it with a vacuum, you know, oh, yeah. and, like, it's nuts. But one bag at a time, you're like, that is an expensive piece of machinery yeah. to just shake a fucking bag. It's going to run all night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shaking the bags at, like, right. one every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great piece of machinery, but you need, like, 30 in a line yeah. to just, like, get anywhere, you know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, but good yeah. old labor. Don't you want to hire people, you know? <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm like, it was amazing. Like, everyone was talking about AI stuff, and, like, you can get some pretty intelligent life forms to help you out for pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's totally true, man. They're not quite machines, but, yeah. <clears throat> not yet. Not yet. But, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming out. And Fuck yeah. Thanks for all the help and spawn. And yeah, man. The years. And I'm glad someone else is as old goes back as far as we do that can oh. recognize the shroomery handles it's really like it is such a saving grace when somebody's <laughs> like dude life that is this person i'm like what the fuck like it's just so strange yeah. you know yeah but you know what the best part about those forms is like they're still there you can access mm -hmm. all that fucking info uh, and just like dive back into like who these people are which is funny because uh, it's so much more useful than like the Facebook group thing, which is just this mess of like. Oh god. Yeah, and like. Yeah, like ten people ask the same shit. And one <laughs> it's all organized. Yeah, yeah, oh, it totally is, man. It totally is. I'm glad people still utilize it too, because you didn't get into this, but a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, I think it was like turning twenty whenever I started getting into <laughs> mushrooms, and yeah. then later seven on. years in. Huh? You're Twenty-seven now, right? Twenty-five. Oh. Myself. I feel like I'm 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I learned everything I know from shroomery. Like, yeah, how to cook grains, what kind of grains to use, like yeah. everything, all that stuff. I still don't know how to cook grains. <sighs> I, I do it. I do it, but I know. Damon does. Yeah. <laughs> I know some people who I hired, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it works sometimes, but uh, you know. People ask me, and I'm like, hold on, let me ask real yeah, someone else real quick. How long are we cooking millet? <laughs> 10 minutes. All right. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. What did you think of that episode? If you want more of this Myco wizardry, stay tuned because we are turning up the heat. We are shooting for a release a week on MycoWizards.com and a release a week on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Slinger, Stitcher, Bewitcher, really, you know, wherever the fuck you get your podcast. So be on the lookout for that ear candy because it's coming your way. This podcast is produced and sponsored by Maine Cap and Stem. 
need cultures, spawn, substrate, equipment, raw materials, consultations, reach on out to the amazing team of Cap and Stem at www.capnstem.com. If you want to support this podcast, swing on over to mycowizards.com and become a member of the largest culture bank on the fucking planet. Seriously, our team is focused on bringing you commercial, gourmet, and experimental cultures from around the globe. So become a member of our culture club at mycowizards.com today. Don't dig the flow hood work. That's okay. Come on in for the videos, the deep dives, the exclusive interviews, and Fino flicks. Yeah, that's what we're calling them. <laughs> Motion picture flicks focused on the phenotypes we are working with every day. Don't want videos? Don't dig the fungus on dishes? Just want to support this podcast? Well, shit, you can do that too for five bucks a month to keep this show on the road. Speaking of the road, I have to send a special thanks to the new and improved and magical and mysterious Michael Wizards team consisting of Mr. Michael Vance, Dr. Daniel Ashley, as well as Tyler Crawford and the Flowhood Man, Sir Gregor Jones. Okay, I'm Eric Lohman. Stay weird, my Michael Wizard family, and hopefully we'll see you out there in hyperspace, space, space, space. space. <laughs>